Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always is John. And, and you know, I like to think of us more as, you know, you being the Flash Thompson to my Kong. <laughs> so I'm not in the episode at all. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. You're a character in another book. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the the Mary Jane to my Gwen Stacy, I think. <laughs> I don't know that I like that either. Are these friends? Are are any of is any of this working? <laughs> yeah, I think we're choosing like I I don't think those are analogous to us. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep thinking. Yeah. How's it going, Zach? What you been up to for the last week? I just saw your cat trying to eat the mic. Yep. Percy's here. He's saying hello. Hi, Percy. Speaking of which, how's it? Let's do uh, our weekly kitten talk. How's it going? <laughs> You're here on the first read ultimate cat podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's going really well, actually. Uh, Jubilee. For, for anyone joining us, Zach has cats named Storm, Rogue, and he just got a new cat to join the family named Jubilee. Yep. And if you're starting here with episode 11, and this is the first you're hearing of this, what are you doing? Go back to the beginning. <laughs> um, no, it's good. So uh, we've actually had Jubes out with the other girls um, for a while now. We let we we had been like letting them roam when we were around the house just so we could watch and make sure they didn't fight. And we got confident enough at a certain point that we just she's totally integrated as like a member of the family. And. I get the feeling like they don't love it necessarily. Like they still prefer each other over her, but they get that she's here to stay. Yeah. Nice. They're not, they're not causing problems. So she's officially in, she's not going anywhere. That's excellent. No, no big fights or hissing matches. Not recently. Nope. Nice. That's the dream. I feel like when you get new cats, I am living the dream. I've got three cats yeah, living the dream. Three cats. The only way this could get better is three, when I get the fourth. Th three cats and a Spider-Man podcast. What more could you ask for? I don't know. Not much. Um. Well, speaking of that Spider-Man podcast, uh, I think we're on we're we're on our last Marvel team up issues today. It's kind of bittersweet. The very last one. Yep. We are after this, we're just going to be on one series. I don't know how we how we ever managed that. <laughs> yeah, we got away from that really quickly. I mean, it kind of worked out to where like I, I checked today. It was something like five of the first six issues were all in the main series. And then like four of the last five uh, episodes have been in this team up series. So it's kind of like we focused on one for a minute and then we focused on the other. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, though. I've had fun with it. I'm excited to talk about these two. I have, too. I'm glad you're having fun with it, because it would be really embarrassing if my co-host was, like, ready to tap out after <laughs> episode issue, 10. I'm like, this is a two out of 10. This is this is garbage. Oh, God. I've got more important things to be doing with my life than reading these. <laughs> you're telling me this series runs for another 10 years? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, well, be before we get into it, should we should we let the Better Business Bureau do their thing and just cut over to them real fast? I know uh, they've always got some good things to say. Before we do that, I do feel like there is one 
thing to to mention on this pod. It'll be pretty timely when this episode gets out. I'm very excited to hear. <laughs> I'm I'm in suspense. Yeah. So Marvel announced something pretty big this past week. Um, not sure if the gravity of it uh, is is something you understand, but um, the Ultimate Universe is coming back. I don't understand the gravity of that. I I know it's I know it's been all over the Twitter sphere, uh, but I, know, but I don't you, it, I don't it never, see it. Yeah, to you it never, <laughs> it never went, went away. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you, it did. I I hate to say it, but when we say issues one through one sixty and Earth sixteen ten, it's because Earth sixteen ten doesn't go on forever. Oh, so 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 did it like get annihilated at the end of the run or? Did it just stop having things made for it? Or do you yeah. not want to spoil it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Basically we'll there. Yeah. Basically the earth and you know, that we're looking at in these issues has not existed since 2015. And this summer, uh, one of the best writers of comics, probably the most popular writer in the last yeah, we 10 all know years. BMB, Brian Jonathan, Michael Bendis. <laughs> Jonathan Hickman is uh, bringing back the Ultimate Universe. And from there, we don't know where it's going to go. Maybe we get more Ultimate Spider-Man. Well, I am... Uh, Zach, I can't help but think that this podcast had something to do with, with that news. I, I mean, the timing just seems a little coincidental to me. I'm not saying we precipitated this or got the ball rolling or that Marvel saw your guys's reaction to us and thought we need to capitalize on this, but we did start probably around the time that they would have had to have started production on the first issue because we already know they have some of it written. And I am now remembering I did get an email from a Jay Hickman just kind of asking me for like my thoughts or opinions on the, and I, I just thought it was kind of spam. So I just, but I, I now that you mentioned it, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll reply to that. So uh, here in a couple of weeks, they're doing like a zoom meeting for the 60th anniversary of the X-Men. And they're going to have a bunch of um, important X-Men creators on it. And as a uh, Marvel unlimited subscriber i was able to um sign up for this zoom meeting and one of the people is jonathan hickman and they're gonna have a q a and i know i'm supposed to keep it x-men related but i'm gonna see if i can participate in that q a and maybe figure something out about this this ultimate situation because i'm pretty excited about it so is this going to be a spider? Is this like only is the ultimate universe like only this Spider-Man or is it like? No, dude, they everyone have everyone is in it. They have they had an ultimate X-Men. They had ultimate Fantastic Four. They had ultimates. They had crossover events and everything. Uh, OK, so we're just reading ultimate Spider-Man, but just like correct. we have the ultimate Spider-Man run. There's other ultimate runs. For the other heroes yes that's what i'm saying okay that is exciting and so i feel like i sound like a real comic noob here <laughs> no you're like, good so they have comics for other characters 
this is why you're on the pod because some people you know don't know they don't follow it but they'd like to and it's inaccessible you know it's something that they think is hard to get into and we want to make sure that it's not that we want to make sure it's something that people can get into and enjoy yeah well said yeah um so we had talked about maybe reading the ultimates i think I think we should get that on the schedule and I think we should try and get an ultimates episode out maybe around June when the ultimate universe starts coming out again. Well, I wonder if we did the math on like, you know, if we do what three issues a week, would we be anywhere close to being done by the time the new, like, I wonder when we would catch up with the new series. It'd take a while. It would take a while. Okay. And we don't know yet that there's going to be a new Ultimate Spider-Man series. I'm just speculating that there might be. They've announced, um, I think it's like four issues, but for how much they have to do, I think that's just going to lay the groundwork for more. Yeah. Do you think Brian Michael Bendis will come back? Dude, I don't know. He might. They haven't said it yet. He's working at DC right now. Oh, he, yeah. Oh, he's probably so upset that he can't come back. Well, I'm sure he could. He's, you know, the master of his own ship. You don't think he's like under contract for DC or anything like that? That's I have no I mean, I, I don't no know how, how it, that how that kind of stuff would work, how those yeah. contracts would work. I know he was capable of leaving his contract with Marvel to go to DC. I, I know people yeah. a lot of creatives kind of flip flop between both companies. Oh, okay. Even if even if there was like some rule that he had to wait six months or something, he could do it if he wanted. Yeah. Well, that is um, that's really interesting. And mm-hmm. we can remember that for later this episode. This is something interesting. Yes. We, we just gave it to him early today. Yeah. Um, well, well, speaking of another interesting thing that that made me think of um, just to delay getting into the episode you talked about people having to wait like six months before working. Did you know, I'm pretty sure that's why they haven't recast any of the X-Men yet in the Marvel universe is because they are not allowed to recast the X-Men for five years after their last movie that came out. I so, saw that. Or, or it was some, it was, it was something like that. You, you know what I'm talking about? So even yeah. though they have had the rights to it for a couple of years now, they're not allowed to recast people until a certain date. So that's probably why, you know, the only X-Men you've seen is Professor X, who was already Patrick Stewart. Right. Yeah. And why Hugh Jackman's going to be. And, yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, and why Hugh Jackman's going to be in the next Deadpool movie and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who they recast as. Yeah, I know um, a lot of people have a lot of theories. They're, we're kind of in the the height of, you know, logging into Reddit or Twitter and seeing some, you know, Photoshop of an actor in, in X-Men stuff. Who is it? I've seen everyone. I think the one that a lot of people seem to really like or be or hate or be talking about is Kiki Palmer as rogue. And I don't know if I have an opinion on that yet. I don't at all. I like her. She's, um, what do I know her from? How do, Oh, she was in Nope. Wasn't she? She was the, 
wasn't she a Disney child actor? Like, wasn't she in that jump roping movie? I have no idea. I'm out of my depths. <laughs> I feel like she did some I think Disney right. stuff when I we think were she kids. Did too. Yeah. Nice. Well, good stuff. Should we yeah. should we get into it before we lose anyone? Yep. <laughs> okay, quick quick word from the Better Business Bureau. Thank you, BBB. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. All right. Excellent. Once again, from the Better Business Bureau. Don't get scammed, guys. You know, I think that message just keeps getting better every week. I agree. Definitely better than when we would when we would baloney our ways through it early on the dark ages um so we are doing spider-man versus shang chi today and i think that is how you pronounce it now now whether i'll try to do that correctly the whole time but but i think that's what it is shang chi shang chi i was gonna say i was gonna say shang chi but I know that's like what the like American way is, but I'm pretty sure when the movie came out, I heard it was Shang-Chi. Probably. I don't know. Well, I kind of feel silly saying it that way. <laughs> we we want so to how, be... Let's, let's decide right now how we're going to say it. I think if I say I'm going to pronounce it your way, I'm going to end up messing up and saying it the way I've, I hear other Americans saying it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm listening to a thing right now on it. Shang Chi. It's Shang Chi. Okay. That's I'm not gonna, that hard. That's not it's, that hard to remember. It's it's not Shang-Chi. that hard. Yeah. It's just that I've heard other people say it wrong mm-hmm. so many times. <laughs> but we're <laughs> well, gonna try and get it right. Yep. So this is Ultimate Marvel Team Up issue 15, story by the incomparable Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Rick Mays, inked by Jason Martin. And brush art by Andy Lee, colored by Transparency Digital, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos. Spider-Man in the hands of Shang-Chi, master of Kung Fu. I was excited for this one, Zach. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know anything about him except from the movie that came out, you know, most recently. So that is my only experience with Shang-Chi. I'm not going to lie. I'm in the same boat. He was not really a big Marvel character. He was kind of like a forgotten, you know, remnant of, of the seventies. Um, a lot of people liked his book back then, but I don't think it was like, you know, a bestseller or anything. I don't think it got reprinted very much. So I think there's kind of been a Shang-Chi revival in recent years. Yeah. And I, and I think this might've like started that. Well, the, um, that's really, cool or at least pretty early in on in it the actor that played him maybe his name's like sima lu ah yeah okay um but you know he like tweeted at marvel to like make a shang chi movie before it happened and then 
that ended up they were like he was like marvel call me like let's make this movie and that's so that's pretty cool yeah he seems like a pretty cool guy on twitter yeah um so we open with an old chinese fairy tale that's translated into english and i didn't look up if this was a real chinese zach shaking his head i I, did you look it up it's definitely not real it's it's it's, too similar to spider-man and shang chi it's like literally his exact situation yeah um well this it says uh, an old chinese fairy tale translated into english but but when we get to these parts i'm just going to read them straight out of the comic yeah that's that's a storytelling uh yeah thing that's not a real thing so once upon a time there was a spider and a prince The spider watched the young prince walking through the tall weeds and asked him, Noble prince, why are you so far from home? The prince admired this eight-legged creature and said, My father is the ruler of all this land, but he is a mean and evil ruler who treats his people as if they were animals on a farm. I'm walking to find a land he does not rule over, and that is where I will live. But young prince asked the spider, One day you will rule all this land just like your father does. No, said the prince, I will walk until the earth ends to escape such a life. But why, asked the spider. And that's all we get at the moment. Shang-Chi is apparently a flat earther. (laughs) He's going to find him the edge. Shang-Chi canceled. The earth is round. Um, And I assumed right away that that must have been a reference to like Shang-Chi's origin story because in the movie that's what his father was like some evil warlord that shang chi kind of like came to america to escape so i figured that was the same thing um so we then cut to chinatown a woman is stepping out of her car uh she's got nice clothing on she gives a generous tip to the taxi driver who drove her the woman's name is Leiko. And we learn that because she's greeted by this woman that she calls Auntie, and they kind of like call out to each other from down the street. They're they're excited to see each other. And as they move towards each other, Leiko is kind of ambushed by a group of guys. Maybe they seem like they were like trying to help her with her bags, but maybe they were trying to flirt with her, or also maybe they were just trying to jump her. I thought it was kind of hard to tell from the way it was drawn if she was like getting mugged or if she was just like annoyed with them uh, did did you did you have any problem with that i think later on we we learned she was probably getting mugged but i kind of felt it was hard to tell yeah she looks more miffed than like scared or anything so i think that's where you're getting it from yeah. she she takes it really well getting robbed but um they're robbing her they say can we help you with your bags but then they knock her to the ground and they run off with her stuff. And they run past um, a nearby like shop worker who works in a fish shop. And he just starts beating them up with his broom um, and he's smacking them around. He's got a couple big fish that he's smacking them around with. That um, that first panel is pretty funny. Uh where you just see the robber running and he's got his head turned and he's laughing as he's looking backwards. And he's saying, ha ha, ha 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 ha. And then just the very next panel, all you see is like a broom hit him in the face. <laughs> and it just says whack. Yeah, that was good comedic timing. Um, 
So I think we can assume that this is Shang-Chi. That's what I assumed. Um, so Leiko goes to thank the man, but her Auntie Lee is clearly trying to just usher her away. And the man doesn't really respond to her thank you. Um, he just kind of like ignores it. And she's like confused about what's going on and what just happened. And we see one more panel of an older man. I'm guessing the fish shop owner um, kind of yelling at the younger man who just helped fight off the attackers who we, we presume is Shang-Chi. So then we get a quick backstory on the title page. And it's exactly what the Chinese fairy tale was kind of like. Shang-Chi's father runs a criminal empire and Shang was trained as a living weapon, but he's renounced his father and he now uses his fighting skills to protect others. And then we get a little bit more of the Chinese fairy tale. Zach, should I just, should I just keep reading it? That's what I said I was going to do in my notes. So I don't have notes over it. (laughs) You can't back out now. You've already said it on air. Yeah. So the spider watched as the determined prince walked away from his homeland and his birthright. The prince never looked back and never broke his stride. The spider asked, but young prince, what will you do in this new land? It matters not, whispered the prince. I will earn earn my way in the new world as a man, not as a prince. So we get a little bit more of that fairy tale. And then... We see Peter and Mary Jane walking out of school talking about, I believe, the play Hamlet that they just read in one of their classes. And MJ thinks that the writing was bad. She's like, I can't understand what's going on. And Peter says, well, the writing might be inaccessible and hard to understand, but the characters and the story hold true over the test of time. And and the reason, yeah, Zach, go on. I was really glad once it became clear they were talking about Hamlet because you just see that they're in Chinatown and she's saying, oh, I couldn't understand the language. And I thought she was being (laughs) racist. That's funny. I thought they were talking about the Chinese fairy tale poem that we were reading with them. Oh, that would be funny if if we think it's just exposition but it's actually something that the characters are like seeing that that's kind of what i thought was happening and i actually had to go back and read it like two or three times and be like what are they talking about here um and then and then i think you find out it's hamlet like in another couple of panels or something yeah so mj is kind of getting upset that peter is you know talking all smart to her and he like understands hamlet and everything and she says you know you're already mr science guy and now you're smart at everything and she thinks he's gotten smarter since the spider bite and zach i specifically made a comment on this panel that i really disliked the way it was drawn and it totally took me out of the like the story and it is on page that's funny because i dislike the way this scene is written but i'm fine with how it's drawn Well, i'm about to complain about that too so (laughs) (laughs) but it's on it's on number 22 it's the last panel on 22 if you're looking at it i think they just look way out of proportion and mj looks nothing like what we've seen mj look like before 22 Page 12 out of 22. Sorry. Okay. It's the very last panel on it. Yeah, I can see that. It's um, it's a new artist take on her. I, I can get how it would look different, you know? Um, 
but but I so the drawing is one thing, and then so you don't like the way that part is written. I don't like the implication that she's too dumb for Hamlet. We've been told before in the main series that she's smart too. Liz Allen calls her Brainy Janie. I think she should be able to understand Hamlet. I guess I never really thought of that. You are you are right about that. But also Shakespeare is hard to read unless you're really going for it. <laughs> um, but but you're right. She's you know. She's smart. But here's what I don't like about it. Because as we move on to the next page, Mary Jane starts kind of giving Peter a hard time for no reason. She's just like, this is what she says word for word. She goes, because he's kind of complaining about this, this, this spider bite, but he doesn't really even say that much. Um, He just says like, he hasn't been smarter since he got bit by the spider. He thinks it's the opposite. And then she's like, everybody's life has crap in it. Everyone's. You think you're some special case, but you're not. Keep on whining, but you've got the same amount of problems as the, as the rest of us. And it just comes out of nowhere. Peter wasn't even like complaining about anything. She was the one complaining. And then she, she just kind of like jumped on him him about it. Yeah, that seemed kind of out of, out of character. Like, yeah, we've already seen in the main series instances where something is bothering her and she holds on to it for a while and doesn't want to tell him what it is i i almost feel like i've told you about the marvel method right maybe but you have it's to like me. kind of a way of making comics that marvel was famous for early on where they do the art first and then basically the writer's job is to fill in like captions it almost uh, makes me wonder if that's how this story was constructed and Bendis had to make sense of like their facial expressions and you know the way the scene is set. I don't think well, that, that necessarily makes it better, but it, it's like the only explanation I can have to why the same writer is having the characterization flip-flop so much. One What's weird is the the panel, the way it's drawn, like from what Mary Jane is saying, you think she's like giving some real attitude and like it comes out of nowhere. But then the way the panel's drawn, it almost looks like you could easily replace that speech bubble with a bubble of her saying something like happy to him. And it would even make more sense because I think she looks like she's kind of smiling in it. But I don't know, you know. We don't have to sit and <laughs> hammer this one scene. Um, but, but it Peter, is a confusing scene. Yeah, yeah. It, def- it definitely just seems off a little bit. Um, but Peter does remind her that someone with metal arms did just try to kill him. And she's like, okay, that that is something that other people don't really deal with. <laughs> hey, how about that? Our, uh, our pacing in the... Um the main series and the ultimate team ups finally uh, kind of synced up. Oh, that did just, that was the last one. Yes. This was planned. Oh yeah. Um, so just then as they're walking by Peter and Mary Jane, notice a group of Chinese gangsters with mugger with the muggers from the beginning and they're surrounding Shang Chi 
And they're about to ter- take turns just beating him up with the baseball bat. And Shang-Chi is being beaten up pretty badly. And MJ is kind of looking on in horror. Peter went to go change into his spider outfit as soon as they saw this. And the muggers are about to go for Shang-Chi's kneecap. And they're going to do some real permanent damage. And Shang-Chi is able to kind of push them away. And then we get some really funny, I thought, back and forth panels of Shang-Chi beating up the muggers like one at a time. And then Peter slowly changing into his Spider-Man outfit. And it goes back and forth with that like four different times. So the whole time Shang-Chi's winning this fight by himself, Peter's like changing slowly to go and help him. So I'm looking at page 17 and it's very funny because there's one, two, three, four. There's 11 panels on this page. And only two of them are of Peter changing. So like in the amount of time it takes him to put on a glove, Shang-Chi has like laid out like three or four hits. And then as he's like putting his mask on and like running, he's he's done like another six punches. Yeah, he like puts his boot on and Shang-Chi's like <laughs> he's just moving different people. <laughs> he's just moving like impossibly fast. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very good. Um, so Peter or Spider-Man shows up just as Shang-Chi finishes beating everyone up. He's got blood dripping from him. He was just in this big fight and Spidey's just on the wall and he goes, so, uh, you got this one all by yourself then, huh? Okay then. And then he just jumps away (laughs) and Mary Jane is just watching all this happen. And she says, oh man, he's going to whine about that for a month. So it's almost like, uh, as we're recapping this, it's almost like they did that whole intro scene just to set up this joke with Mary Jane about him whining about it, which is a funny joke. Um, But I think it would have stood on its own, too. Even if, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think you're right. I think that's that was probably the intent that there would there would be this payoff for it. Yeah. Um, So the woman from the beginning Laco, who he helped uh from the mugging she is also watching from the window she asks her auntie about the shop worker and the auntie jokes with her about liking bad boys and the woman doesn't really understand because she's like well he seemed the opposite of the bad of a bad boy you know he saved me from getting mugged and the auntie just tells her it's best to stay away from him because he's standing up to all these idiot uh, like gangsters. I think that's what she calls them who run the neighborhood and, or she says drug addled idiots. That's what she said who run the neighborhood. And eventually they're going to come and kill him for, for standing up to them. And she just doesn't want Laco getting caught in the crossfire. Um, the auntie says she doesn't know his name and late says it's Shang-Chi and I found him like that. And she snaps his, her fingers so obviously we know that this woman, uh, you know, had a bit more upper sleeve than she was letting on, which now that I'm thinking about it makes sense why she probably wasn't scared when she was getting mugged. She was just annoyed because she was like, well, I could easily take on all these guys, but I have to like, you know, have my cover kind of. Or she set herself up to get mugged trying to draw him out. 
Oh, that is, um, that's also really good. Yeah, that's probably what it actually was. I wish that had been, you know, maybe made more clear in the text, but, you know, yeah. there's a lot here that maybe they just needed a few more pages to flesh out. And I think that's especially clear in the, the next issue. Yeah. Um, so then we we finish the Chinese poem to end the issue. And it says, when the evil emperor heard that his only son had run away, he called for his most cunning soldier to bring him home. But the soldier questioned the difficult order. Sir, the prince is strong of will. What do I do if he doesn't want to come home? Do what you must, mighty warrior, for this embarrassment to my kingdom cannot go unpunished. To be continued. So do you think this is supposed to be Shang-Chi's sister? Or just a random warrior? And I only say that because I know in the movie, there's like a brother and a sister. (laughs) You might be right. Like I said, I don't know that much about Shang-Chi in the comics. Yeah. What, What I know is basically who his father is, which is not who he is in the in the movie but that's about it let me look this up well they don't say it in this or the next one so but what did you think of this uh this issue sorry give me just a second looking stuff finding out if that is her name dead air no it's not his sister good that was a good use of time yeah (laughs) Uh, what did you think? Um, it was all right. I I liked some of the things it set up. I think the obviously the fight scene and Peter changing was very funny. Um, the art style didn't bug me as much as it did for you. I think it's weird. I'm not uh, an anime or manga kind of guy, but this was kind of in that style. Well, and the X-Men team up was definitely in that style. And both of those kind of worked for me. Oh, and I think I did comment on both of those, didn't I? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't dislike the artwork. I didn't love it, but it only took me out of it in that one particular panel. Um, and that's that's what I wrote here. I said, I, I actually really like this issue. Um I really liked the Chinese poem being weaved throughout uh, to kind of connect it to the story. I thought that was really good. I thought it was a little better when I thought maybe it was a real Chinese fairy tale. Um, That would have been really cool if it was. What are the Uh, odds? I know it would have been perfect for a Shang-Chi Spider-Man team up if it was a real one. Um, So I... I really liked it. That fight scene was great. Uh, that one, the artwork wasn't my favorite. Um, and MJ in general, I didn't really like this issue. I, I don't think she was characterized very well. Uh, and that was even before you said that thing about how you didn't like her characterization. Um, but it didn't annoy me enough to hurt the issue. So I gave this one a pretty good score. I gave it out of a $10 tip for the taxi driver. Okay. (laughs) I like it. And if you can think of a better rating system, then (laughs) I was going to say fish slaps, but um, we've never had a monetary system. So I like that. (laughs) Okay. 
I, I just realized what it is about the this manga style artwork that I like because I went back through it and it doesn't do much for me except for when we see like Peter and MJ. And I think what I really like about that style is how the like young people look like. I think it just suits like teen lighthearted. Yeah. You know, dramedy yeah. kind of that's, storytelling. <clears throat> that's a couple times now where. I don't like the art because I think it makes them look too young. And then you're like, I like it because it makes them look their age. Yeah. <laughs> and it's but, like, yeah, that's true. I guess they, they just look like teenagers. They're not even like older teenagers. They're not even they're like 16, like, 17, yeah. 18. They're like 15. Like yeah. they could be freshmen. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so how, how much are you tipping the taxi driver? <laughs> I'm going to tip the taxi driver Indiana minimum wage. I'm going to give it a 750. 750 out of 10. That's yeah. that's still I think that's still pretty good. This was a very yeah. respectable issue. I I definitely liked it and I was also very excited to get into this next issue. All right. Good segue. Good segue. See you teeing me up. Let me get up to my note. <laughs> So issue 16 is written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Rick Mays, colored by Transparency Digital, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. So we open on Laco from the first issue, giving a monologue at gunpoint. And we can't see who's holding the guns, but she tells them, it's okay, you can put your weapons down. I'm here with an offer of chance. And she explains who Shang-Chi is, and that in order to defeat him in hand-to-hand combat, it would take a small army to attack him all at once. And she says his father is a very powerful man, and he wants his son back alive, but broken. And anyone who delivers Shang-Chi to his father will be rewarded with the top position on the entire East Coast in his smuggling business. And our point of view pulls back, and we see that she's talking to a room of at least 50 men. And, and we can already tell Zach doesn't care about the Chinese fairy tale as much as I do because he skipped the start of it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Let me let me respect No, it's not it's not that much. It's it was a beautiful history. <laughs> Once upon a time there was a spider and a prince. The spider watched curiously as the wayward prince walked farther and farther away from his father's empire. The spider asked the stoic prince, but why do you hate your father so much as to abandon his love, his wealth, and his kingdom? How does a prince learn to hate his own father so? The prince did not answer. Wow, we needed that. (laughs) Yeah. So the scene changes and... Uh, we see that uh, MJ and Peter are kind of lying down in opposite directions. So their heads are like near each other. And MJ is telling Peter about how Shang-Chi fought the robbers. And Peter says he needs to learn how to fight like that. And he says the only thing amazing about his fighting ability is how spastic it is. And he tells MJ he's gotten by on a web and a prayer so many times it's embarrassing. Uh, Peter, um, so so did you notice during this conversation, Zach? Um, the panel changed like 
multiple times, but it was the exact same artwork. But they were just saying different things. Yeah. So it's on. Yeah. It's a it's a talking head scene. Well, I don't think I've ever noticed that before, like the exact panel, but just with a different like speech bubble. I mean, usually they change that up in some way. I mean, they're. Oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. It is the exact panel just with different. And that happens again on the next page. It happens again. So this scene in particular, the artwork really bugged me on it because of that, because there's a couple times where the, it is the exact same panel just with different speech bubbles but also i i don't like how the i I guess maybe it was obvious for you that they were both just laying down like in opposite directions but you thought she was hanging like a bat i thought at some point we were gonna see that peter was hanging upside down like like it was gonna flip and we were gonna see that that peter was hanging upside down because he's spider-man and I found this very like, what are they doing? Who's hanging? Like, why is she framed? Like she's hanging upside down. And I, but, and I was like, maybe they're just laying down, but it it just made me think about it too much. You know, I already thought that this issue was rushed. And I think this is damning proof that I'm right. Because when you said, oh, it's the same panel. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's framed the same way and they're just talking or whatever, but they're in different positions and stuff. And that's true for one panel. It's two pages that are a four each four panel grids. And in both pages. In the first one, there's There's three that are the exact same. There's three that are the same. And in the second one, it's the the top two panels are the same and the bottom two panels are the same. And I somehow did not notice that. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, thanks. That uh, I already was going to be unkind to this issue, and that just made it lose another point. So let me figure out where I'm at. Oh, I'm guessing Peter uh, fights by a web and a prayer. Yeah. So Peter is embarrassed that some random fish market employee could fight better than him. And MJ tells him she thinks it's funny that he got all dressed up in his costume and it was already over. And she suggests that he go up to the fish market guy and offer him some money to show Peter some moves. And Peter says he had thought about taking lessons, but um, he's afraid he'd slip up and show off his powers. And MJ says, no, not as Peter, as Spider-Man. Ask him as Spider-Man. And the scene changes and we see Shang-Chi taking out the trash and the old man who owns the fish market approaches him and tells him that he overheard some men talking and that Shang-Chi's father has found out where he is. And and if I could interject for a second, there's a, a pretty neat transition that to this issues credit which it sounds like i probably liked it a little more than you do just based on what what you're saying but um peter said or mj says you should throw him a 20 you know when he's like see if see if that shop owner will train you you know throw him a 20 and then the very next scene is a roll of 20 dollar bills like being thrown at shang chi's feet so for a second you think 
maybe this is Spider-Man, but then you find out, no, it's the owner who's like paying him his last money and he's saying you need to leave, which is what you were about to say, Zach. John, I got to ask, because we had such different experiences reading this. Clearly, are you in the view on Marvel Unlimited where um, it goes individual panel by individual panel? Or do you see the whole page at once? I am individual panel by individual panel. So the so, very next one, so the very next one is not him getting the 20 thrown at him. The very next one is him taking out the trash. But then the one after that is a roll of 20s being thrown at his feet. See, that is funny. And I had not thought about this yet, about how that could be a different ex- reading experience for you than me. That's why you noticed that they weren't changing positions because you were swiping and the text was changing. But, yeah. but to me, I'm just seeing the whole page and I'm like, oh, yeah. So they're sitting there, they're talking and I'm just reading the text. And oh, then that's, in, that's interesting. And in this, that joke was lost on me because I've turned the page and yeah, I see the money get thrown at him. But I also see that it's, it was the old man who threw it. Oh, so you didn't ever think for one second maybe that was Spider-Man throwing it. And yeah, I didn't know that until I actually saw the old man show up like three pages later for me. But it's just three panels later, really. What's funny to me is that that joke plays better now with modern technology than it would have when this was written. Because yeah. no one was reading it on a panel by panel format in 2002 oh that's a that's a good catch that that's why you know it comes across different for both of us yeah very interesting yeah so like john alluded um the old man uh tells shang chi um that shang's father has figured out where he is and he says the bounty on your head is enormous these men are planning to attack you. I love you, boy, but I need you to go. And we get another exposition page or, you know, the ancient Chinese fairy tale that says, but the king's grip on the land was long and wide. And the prince found himself surrounded by mighty warriors whose numbers were many. And we see as Shang-Chi is walking away, trying to leave, a crowd is behind him. And we see that some of the members have balled up fists or boards with nails through them. Um, Some have metal pipes. uh, Others have throwing stars and butcher knives. They're they're ready to do some damage. And there's just an army of people behind him, it looks like. Yeah. And they charge him. And in one move with his staff, he dispatches five men. What do you what do you think of the way when those people are drawn with like their eyes bulging out and their tongue like sticking all the way out? We saw one per- we saw that when the guy got whacked by the broom in the last issue. And I just cannot stand the way that looks. I don't know what cartoon it makes me think of, but it makes me think of something that I just don't like. <laughs> it's pretty goofy. He hits him in the throat with his staff and their eyes literally like bulge out of their head and their tongue is hanging out like he just knocked them out of their mouths it's like uh, it's kind of making reminding me of Futurama but not 
a f- not I don't think that that's right because Futurama is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> you like art that's good. Yeah, I know. We've said it before, but yeah. Um, but I don't you know, upset maybe one of our. Like you upset one of our uh, biggest listeners with that. I, I got some feedback, and someone said that it hurt their heart to hear um, oh, Bill Sinkavich no. slander. Oh, <laughs> he was the uh, one that looked like the Arkham Asylum from Batman to me. It was yeah. um, he was the Punisher, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, who said that? Like a like a listener? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It grew, it grew on me. It grew on you. You did say in the next uh, episode that of all the weird art styles we had seen, that was your favorite. That's good. I'm glad. Now I feel bad. We got like one comment or something. And it's that. I thought it was funny. Cut, cut, cut that last line out for me. They don't need I'm, to know. We got one comment. <laughs> I'll cut the whole. Uh... Oh, well, you don't have to do that if you don't want to, but. Uh, so anyways we get two pages of action before any of the goons even lays a hit on shang uh one goon gets lucky and is able to slash him with a knife in the back and as soon as he does he's he's hurt for like a second and then he disarms that guy and go just goes back to fighting and he gets some more good hits in before someone kicks through his staff and into his stomach and that knocks Shang to the ground but he quickly gets up and rips his shirt off superhero moment yep and i think so- we should start i think we should start um like saying that when the characters have a, a good superhero moment and they get a good like superhero pose we should point that out well that's even more like a bruce lee pose like this feels like a it feels like a kung fu movie more than like a something that would happen in a superhero movie. Yeah, that is true. One might even say master of kung fu. <laughs> yeah, one might. And we see um someone from off panel says, "Well, no wonder." Duh. And we see Spider-Man enter the fight and start taking out goons. And he says, well, no wonder you're such a colossal super kung fu fighter. This is what you do every day. This is a typical Saturday night for you. Don't you guys have cable, an Xbox, a book club? So Spider-Man and Shang-Chi divide and conquer, each one fighting off a different half of the crowd. And eventually Spidey climbs up a flagpole, webs up the whole crowd and swings Shang-Chi to safety. And Shang asks Spider-Man why he's protecting him. And Peter says that he's not. He explains that the first time he was just swinging by, which is kind of a lie. And this time he was coming to ask for fighting lessons. And Shang-Chi shows Peter one move to counter a punch and then says, Sadly, that is all I can offer you in return for your generosity. I must leave the city and start anew. Thank you. So when Spider-Man asks Shang-Chi for help, Shang-Chi says the white ape offers a cup of wine 
And then later on, he teaches Spidey how to do the the punch. And then he says something else about a white ape also. Um, he says, the, then he says, the white ape, and he bows. Sadly, that is all I can offer you in return for your generosity towards me. What does that mean? I don't know what he's referring to. So I left it out because it didn't make a lick of sense to me. That's okay. <laughs> but just looking at it now and wildly speculating and then throwing that audio of me speculating up on the internet for other people to base their opinions off of. Right. Yep. <laughs> Do it. I think that's the name of the move because he's got his hand kind of in a funky position, like how maybe an ape would hold a cup of wine. And then he just jabs with it and that's the move. So I think he's telling Spider-Man, hold your hand like a white ape would hold wine. Oh, okay. But he's not clear about it. And then as he bows, he's like the white ape. Like he's like, you know, that's it. Ta-da. Yeah, like that's the move. Okay, well, that makes more sense than me thinking he was like calling Spider-Man like a stupid white ape person. You know, it's, like this white ape. It still does. He doesn't know he's white. That's what I, I'm like. I don't get this because he wouldn't even know. Yeah, that's the only thing I that makes sense would, to me. And if I was in that situation, I don't think it would make sense to me. I think I would just think, what the heck? This guy just called me an ape and punched me. Yeah, I, I think, think that's that, what um, Shang is trying to say. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it, it speaks to we're we're done with the issue, so we can just get into it now. It speaks to a bigger problem that this story has, which is just how rushed it is. Well, now I believe we we finished the Chinese fairy tale. Oh, excuse me. We have the fairy tale that I didn't include in my notes. <laughs> the prince and this this is part of why I say it's rushed because this is just exposition for what happens. It's like, uh, I do not think that this fairy tale is woven in nearly as well in this issue as it was in the last one. They did not need to continue including it. In this exactly. One. In the first one, it was cool in this one. It's a crutch for them to get three pages worth of something. in when they only have one page of space, so they say, The prince stopped the spider from following him and spoke. Please understand, my journey is that of one man. But I want to learn to be more like you, sir prince. I want to learn the ways of honor, said the spider. No, you may think you do, but you do not. And with that, the prince walked away, and the spider never saw him again. The end. I just can't believe that that fairy tale syncs up so nicely with the story of Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. I wonder who wrote it. They should have given proper (laughs) attribution to the writer. Yeah. Um, Okay, get into it. You sounded like you had some stuff to say. (sighs) (laughs) Um, Zach just took a long, heavy sigh. That didn't come through in the audio. (laughs) Hold on. Well, I can start. You want me to go? Yeah. Okay. I said, um, I I did think that the artwork kept me out of this a little bit, um, especially those panels that were the same because they just seemed goofy and it did come across as 
you use the word rushed, which is a nicer word than when I was first thinking it. I was like, it seems kind of lazy, but it probably was just rushed, you know? Um, and to their credit, I will, I will give Bendis this. He was writing ultimate Spider-Man and also several other books at that time on a monthly basis. So if there was a single project that he had to rush, I would hope it would be this one instead of yeah. it coming at the expense of the more important series. Yeah. Um, but with, with that being said, I still really liked the Shang-Chi story stuff. I would have loved an issue of Spider-Man going and asking him for help and just him teaching Spider-Man Kung Fu moves for 22 pages. That's what I was when after Peter and MJ's conversation, I was like, this is going to be awesome. Like Peter's just going to go up and ask him for help as Spider-Man. Like that's a great, you know, everyday friendly neighborhood Spider-Man type of story. I think Um, them include really vague proverbs and shang chi (laughs) kicking spider-man's ass that that, wait what you said they should have had that (laughs) or yeah like how he did the white ape like he actually (laughs) he actually hit him with the white ape yeah he just does that like it was seven different moves (laughs) and is just pummeling him yeah afterwards he's like see are you a better fighter now (laughs) (laughs) um so I still like this. I had some fun with it. Um, I gave it 7.5 out of 10 things to watch on cable. Because <laughs> Spider-Man keeps telling them they need to watch cable. Yeah. yeah, That's good. All right. So what I was going to say about the issue. Have you seen the episode of The Simpsons with Poochie? No. I don't I've only seen a handful of Simpsons episodes somehow. Okay. But you like Futurama? Yes. Yeah. I know they're the same guy. Yeah, usually the pipeline is Simpsons fans. Then well, when watch I was Futurama. A kid, when I was a kid I was not allowed to watch the Simpsons. Oh, but Futurama so, was different. Well, so Futurama came out later when I was kind of like older, you know, and then was like making my own decisions on what to watch on TV. But it was like, I feel like when the Simpsons were really like hopping, it was like, I was, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch them. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give you the quick backstory. Uh, there's an annoying character that's introduced um, in a fictional show on the Simpsons. Uh, and the character's name is Poochie. And it's just this dog that's supposed to be like, every trend that's in style at that moment. And they make him so cool that he's actually annoying and like people end up hating him. So at the end of one of the episodes, they just like put a dialogue screen that makes no sense based off of what you just saw. And it said, Poochie then boarded a UFO for his home planet on the journey. (laughs) He died (laughs) so that they don't have to ever show Poochie or explain him again. I think I have seen that like final screen cap before. The last page of this that was the the fairy tale ending that felt like uh, on his way back to his home planet, Poochie died. Yeah, moment. It's like it, it kind of bummed me out because it does say like, and they never met again. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, I had fun with that. So 
<laughs> that's too bad. And I don't know that that's true. I think they do meet again. Well, I guess not in this Ultimate Marvel team because the series is done. Well, not team right? up, but I think in the main series, I think they might cross paths. Do they? I wonder if we'll get another ancient Chinese fairy tale. But anyways, it just it felt. I don't know how many more ways to say it. It felt rushed. Um, And everything Did that works. Do you worked, think the first issue felt rushed? Not as bad. No. I wonder, do you think that they wrote the entire story and then just cut it down the middle for issue one, issue two? Or do you think no. they had a full fledged idea for issue one and then they had to come up with the ending to that story in issue two? I think they had a full fledged idea for this two issue arc, but they wrote them in two separate months because it's a it's a monthly comic series. And for whatever reason, I think they were just doing better on the deadline with the first issue than they were with this yeah. one. Hmm. So it's a, it's a shame. I feel like the ultimate series, the ultimate team up series kind of goes out with a whimper with this issue. And it didn't even have to because the first Shang-Chi issue was kind of good. So what was the what was the. Thing Out of again? 10 things to watch on cable. Out of 10 things to watch on cable. I am going to be so mean to this one. I'm going to give it like. A four and a half. Oh, I, I think uh, I think that's pretty low. Um, but I might, now that I'm thinking about it a little more, I might move down to a seven because, uh, the whole storyline with Laco, which is maybe his sister or maybe just somebody else. Why would she go all this way just to hire some other gangsters that she knows Shang-Chi can beat up to go and try to get him? Like, wouldn't these whole two issues have been building towards them fighting as the final fight, kind of? Especially and she's since she's just uh, completely out of it. Yeah. She's in one scene in this issue. She never gets yeah. her comeuppance. He never defeats her. Um, it's I like mean, the he doesn't really even know that. Oh, that he does know that it's his dad that's after him because the fish shop owner says. He knows, he knows it's the dad. He doesn't know about her at all. I yeah okay it's it's kind I of like that he knows they're like both together kind of but I don't know that for sure I don't think I mean, so because he saved her from getting mugged oh that's right yeah so, so it's there's not his so sister much... obviously because he would have known if it was his sister yeah so there's so much left up in the air it feels like how yeah, Doctor Strange true. issues ended and you're like wait a minute but what about the dad that's like in limbo yeah. or something yeah yeah that's true um, okay, I'm going to move down to a seven, but I still had a lot of fun with it. That's good. I'm glad you had fun. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to do a final rating on the team ups as a whole? And then apart from that, so before we get into that, do you want to do an a pod episode where we rank the 16 issues or do you want to just be done with this and go back into the uh the spider-man ultimate series i don't know that we need a whole issue for it okay 
I I kind of thought the same thing. I don't even think we'd, you know, and we don't have to do a one through sixteen ranking either. But I did rate, I did, I did rate, and I gave kind of a rundown on what I thought of the of the Marvel team up series at well, the very least. Well, let's hear it. Okay. Well, I I I kind of want to hear yours first. Okay. So you prepared one, but you want to put me on the spot first. Yes. Okay. Because I'm not going to let you mooch off my prepared ideas. I'll accept that challenge. I can get there with my charisma and um, good looks. Yeah, good. Flash Thompson over there. Yeah, as I'm saying, I can get through it. I'm like stammering over my words, so that's not actually. Well, I could. Well, well, then let let me go because I mentioned a couple of the other ones, so it'll give you an idea of all of the issues we've read so far. No, it's cool. Uh, Let me at least. I'll say this. So, I think the goal of this series. I think it it came in with something very particular in mind that it wanted to do, which was we just made this new universe. Let's flesh it out. Let's fill it with characters who don't have their own series yet. And, you know, let's let that be an expansion of Spider-Man's thing. And then it gives us room. If we're just following the ultimate Spider-Man, it gives us room to actually see what different creative teams look like and how quality can vary, how art can vary, how storytelling can vary, even how Bendis's writing itself can vary because he's jumped between different genres in this series. Oh, we all remember the Fantastic Four episode. Issue. We do. <laughs> but for as mean as we are to Fantastic Four, the ones right before that was the Punisher Daredevil issues that we love so very much. And that was its own genre and it did it well. So, you know, I think some of them are hits, some of them are misses. But overall, I think it was really smart of them when they were launching the Ultimate Universe. The first thing they did was Ultimate Spider-Man. Then they did Ultimate X-Men. And then before they did anything else, they did this series, which I feel like is kind of an umbrella for just what Marvel is in general. It's it's all of the characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good um, like description of of what they were trying to do and what they did. What have you got? So I so I did write this out. I just typed it out real quick like earlier today and i said generally i liked the team up issues a lot um the only ones i didn't really like we've kind of talked about the fantastic four the doctor strange ones did we read all of those in the same day those three issues the one fantastic four and the two doctor strange issues no doctor strange was um with the black widow issue and okay Okay, I liked that one. I kind of I've kind of forgot about that one, but I like that one. And Fantastic Four was paired with Man Thing and the X-Men. Ooh, I like the Man Thing one also, and I kind of forgot about that. Um, but I said both of these I I did like. Um Iron Man, I really like that one. The Daredevil and the Punisher, we've talked about. They're fantastic. The Hulk and the one payoff, was okay. The payoff from the Iron Man scene making its way into the Black Widow one, like with the, with the with the uh, action figure, that was tremendous. That was a full year later. That is amazing. Um, the Hulk one was okay. I liked the first Wolverine one. I said the X Men one was okay, and then uh, I said I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two, which we just covered, where Man Thing and Black Widow, which I really like both of those. So. 
I gave it 13 out of 16 good issues, which is an 81% if you want to do the math on that, which I kind of feel is maybe even a little low because uh, 81%, you know, it's like a C. And I would probably put this in like the B range. So maybe we could go up to like 14 out of 16 or 13 and a half. But but I'm sure there were like three dud issues that we went through. Uh, specifically the the Doctor Strange and the Fantastic Four one, I think, stick out. Yeah, I give it 11 out of 16 good issues. And that's because uh, the Hulk, I feel like that was so simple. There were two yeah. Hulk issues, but and I don't know that there was that much of a difference in quality between them, but I, I just gave that as one good issue. And then, I kind of forgot that there were two also, and that is not worth two good issues. <laughs> it didn't need to be, but yeah. whatever. And then um, Fantastic Four didn't care for that. The Doctor Strange ones felt rushed, and then um, Shang-Chi didn't work for me. So, okay. But of those 11 good ones, I'm going to say there at are least some really strong ones. At least three are great. And that's the um, Daredevil Punisher issues, which ironically probably have the least amount of Spider-Man in them of any of these. And and when I was rating, I kind of bumped up for the really good ones where the other ones may have pulled down. So I think I'll stick on my 13 out of 16, which is an 81%. And then you are at a 69% with 11 out of 16. Nice. Yes, you're at a nice 69%. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I was grading on a curve, it would be much higher. I think you're probably, your score is better, a better indicator of, you know, both the good and the bad. Mine is just a raw metric of the issues overall. The issues, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you something. So one other common thread that these issues got was some really creative ways of doing exposition and story. This could kind of be a masterclass of any like telling, not showing. They say you always want to show, not tell, but sometimes you can't do that. And this got some really creative ways to get the story on paper without it filling up panel space because they were rushing to, you know, give you backstory on these characters. You know, whether that's Peter giving a presentation about Tony yeah. Stark or whether it's, a you know, ancient Chinese uh, fairy tale. Th- those are the two that come to mind immediately are the, the, the first one we did, which was Tony Stark, I think. And then the first Shang-Chi was really good. I think like introducing us that way. Um, those were your favorites. Those, those were, those were my favorites. I, the fantastic four one like had its moments where it was funny when she was going through the presentation, like when the computer knew that he had his powers and you know, that's a good way to intro the fantastic four and the Baxter building, because it's just like, I know I said it in that episode, but they're just numb to all the superhero stuff. It doesn't matter to them. They're just like, yeah, you're hiding powers clearly. You know, you know, you can't use them when you're here. And Peter's just like freaking out. But then when the woman started doing her presentation, that wasn't as good. I didn't think 
And I don't really remember uh, the Doctor Strange one was. It, I think it was kind of similar to the fairy tale. It was just like an an ancient retelling of his was deal. Yeah. Okay. I liked. I think it was clever how the Black Widow one was an open dossier on her that like had her, you know, oh yeah, name and height and weight and her story and background and all this stuff. Yeah, I liked the one the in the man thing in lizard episode where Kurt Connors oh, the is letters writing letters and then Peter is simultaneously writing an email. That was not my favorite. Uh, I know like exposition way, but <clears throat> but it was still good. Um, I, I like the the lizard man thing issue. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that all of them find such different ways to do that and obviously some some work better than others but you know for when they say that it's a rule to show don't tell and here we got at least you know seven or eight examples of bendis breaking that rule and it works sometimes it it's at least worth noting yeah and and on that same note like it shows how difficult it is to you know always write like great issues and even when i sit here and like complain about the artwork or the issue or the writing or anything like that it doesn't even need to be said but i'll say it anyways it's still a thousand times better than anything i could put on paper so it's all like it's all great i think you know it's just like criticism of some things but it's still excellent even the Fantastic Four year olds. <laughs> I know, I knew, I knew that because, yes, even the Fantastic Four year olds were better than I could draw. <laughs> yeah. Do we have anything else that we want to we want to say about that? I f- it feels like we're like I think we can I think we can put a bow on it. It it feels very final. It feels like we're at a funeral for this this series. Well, I you know we get to get back into. Uh, normal spider-man next week which will be fun yep for for as much as it was kind of interesting seeing variations you know from issue to issue with this it will be cool to get back to everything looking and sounding the same and telling the same story yeah i agree all right see ya see ya ultimate team up marvel Um, get you on the flip side when Jonathan Hickman brings you back. Oh, that'll be that'll be cool. I don't know that he will. That'd be fun, though. It would be um, interesting. So what else do we have? Do, do we do we have anything for today? My volleyball team that I'm coaching sixth grade boys, the A team. This is interesting. Something interesting. We are starting our postseason tournament tomorrow. Um, So wish us luck even though the game will have already happened by the time this comes out. (laughs) Well, I'll wish you luck. Thank you. What is it like single elimination? Yes, it is. Um, Well, it's best out of three. So the games are best out of three, but then it's, it's like single elimination. You know, it's a match is best out of three. And the team we play is the team we played in our first game of the regular season who beat us two to one. And we have gotten so much better since then but i'm sure they have also gotten better since the first week of the season so hopefully they haven't but 
<laughs> I like your odds. Your kids are hungry. I think so too. I it's think like, so too. It's like I'm Rocky nervous. too. Yeah. Always, always bet in the rematch on the, the scrappy underdog that just yeah, barely it, lost. That's what I'm hoping. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And I think all of our ultimate Marvel news is insanely interesting. Yes. Yes. I got a, I don't know if you're starting to become known as like the Spider-Man guy in your circles. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> that's funny. I'm not. I probably talk about it too much then. Um, I got gifted this. Oh my gosh, that is phenomenal. Zach is holding up a J. Jonah Jameson Marvel Funko Pop, and he's in the most perfect pose I could imagine from a J. What's the what's the paper say? He's holding up a, a, a newspaper also. It says Spider-Man threat or menace. And he's got a clenched <laughs> fist. And you can tell he's saying, I need pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I love it. <clears throat> I got to, uh, I got to like have a lozenge before I do my J. Jonah Jameson voice. <laughs> yeah. You weren't cut out for this, uh, this newspaper publisher life. I wasn't. <laughs> Too much yelling. You're not, you're not that yeah. angry of a guy. <laughs> Um, well, that's great. Maybe I need to talk about Spider-Man more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the podcast that you do about him. Get I some... probably do. I, I have started to um, I've started to network a little bit. I guess we can call it. Yeah. Just get that like, word of mouth out yeah, there. Yeah, ex exactly. I'm trying slowly, but surely. I don't want to come on too strong. You know, right. Let people find it themselves. Let my mom find it herself. She's always Googling Spider-Man podcasts. <laughs> Won't she be surprised when she realizes she recognizes that voice? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love to see her face. <laughs> I don't think we've ever talked about this or addressed this, but um, so we're like the only current Ultimate Spider-Man podcast. There actually was one in the very early days of podcasts that I've found and uh, their hosts were also named Zach and John. No, they were not. Isn't you that crazy? Flipping. No, I'm not. So I. Dude, we need to try to like. Find like these get people them on an episode. Yeah, I haven't really listened to it. I found it like at one point in time and I was like, that's kind of funny, but I don't want to listen to it because I don't want whatever they say or their takes yeah. to like influence mine. And then I like subconsciously, you know, steal oh, from no, them. That's, yeah. That's a, that's a good call. But, um, but it would be fun to have them on <laughs> to do, so, do, do some sort. That would that's be funny. So funny that their names are Zach and John. I really hope if they find out about us, they're not like, Hey, they stole our thing. But to be fair, there's a million and one, x-men podcasts and i know because i listened to oh, them yeah there's not another ultimate spider-man podcast and this was the most list most read comic on marvel unlimited last year so and th their thing ended like 10 years ago so i figured it's fair game we well, need could some this, fresh could this blood be like us in the future or from the past <laughs> what if we're is like that is that too crazy to say 
<laughs> we're time lords. I mean, we are doing something about like the multiverse kind of or, or something, you know, it's the second comic books, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're the main Marvel universe. Ultimate Spider-Man podcasters were the ultimate universe. Yeah. Ultimate okay, Spider-Man I, podcasters. I, I like, yeah, I like that. Um, well, Zach, I think for next week, you should try to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. So we can at least try to talk about it while there's still some relevance. Dude, I saw like they had the steepest drop off in like weekend one. No, I thought it was good. to weekend two I viewers. I'm just saying it might not even be in theaters anymore by the time we we talk about it, even if I get on it pronto. It's uh, it's like flopping by Marvel movie standards. I liked it. It had its problems, but it was absolutely better than Thor Love and Thunder. Well, that's I would say that's a low bar. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think it's it's probably the best out of all of the like recent Marvel stuff. I think I'm Um, definitely going to watch it, but it's not like a menu where I'm going to say I'm going to watch it and then like not get around (laughs) to it. Yeah, I just don't know that it'll be this week. Okay, that's fair. We'll watch. It'll come on Disney Plus soon enough. So <laughs> that's. I didn't mean to do that with Black Panther, but that's what ended up happening. <laughs> um. Well, you have anything else? No, I. I think that's about it. Neither uh, do I. This was fun. What are we doing next week? Yep. Next week, obviously, we're back in the main series. We will be reading Ultimate Spider-Man issues twenty-two through twenty-four. 22 through 24. Do you want to give a tease on who we're going to be uh, like, what, what villains we might be going up against? He may or may not be green. Oh, I like that tease. That could be a lot of different people. Yeah. Green's a pretty villainous color. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. (laughs) All right. Well, Thank you to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And you can find us on Instagram at first read podcast. So, so swing on by and leave us a comment. Um, and we'll see you next week. Webheads. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>